Hi, this is Samantha. And this is Nancy. And welcome to Random Women Stop. We haven't been on air for a couple weeks. We've taken the time to really step back and observe what's going on and learn and educate ourselves. This week, our episode's a little bit different. We are having a conversation together and with Pete um, just to discuss more of a free flow conversation. And I hope you enjoy listening to it because uh, we're going to discuss what we that's happened over the last couple weeks. Enjoy. That whole like concept where oh, all you have to do is listen to the cops. It's the exact same thing as all you have to do is not wear a short skirt. You know? Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. It's the same thing. And like people, and the, th- the sad thing is there's a lot of people that were posting that as like the, the, the two phrases that are equivalent that people say. But I, I said like, the, like people have been posting it that are, um, that are black and I will reply to them like, yeah, but people still don't get the rape part. Mm-hmm. They won't relate to this. They won't understand it. Like, that's the part that kills me is that like, even, even when they relate it to rape, it doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to understand and agree with it, you know, because it's still a thing where, Oh, well, what was she wearing? You know, well, how was he acting? What did he do? What did she do? Like what caused them to be attacked by the police? You know, it's the same fucking thing. And yet, and yet people mm-hmm. are like, my, the white people in the world are very comfortable posting that. Like, oh, black people, all you have to do is this. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Oh, really? Huh. And it's funny because I feel like that sort of, I feel like that argument can literally be used by, by both sides. Like, I don't even think that's like a good gotcha argument against or f- toward like a, a right wing person. Because they'll be like, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like you... <laughs> We like kind of share it as a way to like show hypocrisy or something, but they'd be like, yeah, women shouldn't be wearing like dressing like slut and black people shouldn't like be talking back to cops. And that's the world I want to live in. Black. Yeah. yeah. Right. Be acting white. So I was talking to one of my friends uh, this past Friday and I was telling him my story. Um, he's black. I was telling him a story about the first time I encountered someone who had the two personalities. Um, Cause like, most black people, they have this white personality and then they have their, their personality. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was working with this guy and we, we worked at Hollister. So of course, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's pretty white. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like we, we became really good friends. He was really cool. And then like, he's like, Hey, let's go to this party one day. And I was like, yeah, sure. Let's go. So we go to the party. And I was like, who are you? <laughs> a completely different person. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. I didn't even, I mean, he was cool. Like, I liked him a lot, but um, I just had no idea. He was so different, you know? And I was like, I like this person. You should be this person, not who this Hollister person is. Mm -hmm. But um, I was telling him that story and and relating it back to when I was growing up. um, I went to a school that was, it was very diverse. And so, like, everyone that went to school, they just were who they were. Like, there wasn't a second personality that I knew of. Mm-hmm. So the first time I encountered that when I went, was when I was in college and I was like, wait, this is a thing. I didn't even know this was a thing. I feel so terrible now. Cause I didn't even, I didn't know. I, I thought this was who you were when we worked with each other at Hollister, not this guy, you know, but like mm-hmm. he was telling me, he's like, yeah, that's their white personality. And I was like, that's just so shitty that you can't mm-hmm. even be who you are, who you want to be, who you feel comfortable being. You have to be this other person 
to 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 be welcomed or accepted into the community. You know, mm-hmm. it's just bullshit. Yeah, it's like, and it's it's that's why like you hear that there's that you know common racist ass phrase of like, oh, you you sound so like eloquent for a black person, or like you're so smart for a black person, or something like that. Like, like you have to like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Or when you talk to somebody on the phone and you haven't met them in person and you meet them and you're like, I never would have guessed, not that I said this, somebody would say, I never would have guessed you were black. Right. It's like, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. What are you even supposed to say to that? Well, why does it matter? Like, that's the thing that doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Why does it matter? You know? I don't know. Well, because people picture stuff in their head. Like, when you uh, when you talk to somebody on the phone or when you you just build this mental image after just hearing somebody's voice and probably for most white people, they build a white person version in their head, no matter who they're talking to. Right. There was another thing that you were talking. Oh, Martin Luther King. So there's all these white people on social media posting MLK quotes that are like, you have to be peaceful in your protesting and blah, 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 love, not hate, not violence, da, da, da. You know, like all those types of quotes uh-huh. that he said in the past. The people that are posting that don't even know who he is or like what he was trying to do. And that, that's the frustrating thing. And, and I'm me as a, as a white person, I don't want to like educate, like, I don't want to be the one that's like, let me tell you about this guy, you know. But like he had he also had quotes that were like writers writing is like the voice of the like the unheard or something something like yeah. that and it's just like, yeah, it was something yes, like that. as as many times as as people have tried to peacefully protest you know with like colin kaepernick kneeling and like mm-hmm. people coming out and saying stuff during um different various like oscar speeches or whatever people have come out and said i can't believe that they're using this time to be political right. this is not correct they're you know they're going against the flag, the army, you know, like all that shit, like Uh all this time people have been literally just kneeling or not saying a damn word or trying to just do it the way that white people want them to do it. And now they're done. They're over it. You know, I've talked to so many people and they're like, we are sick of it. Like this is like, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired. I am tired of constantly doing the same thing over and over again and nobody listening to us and nobody helping us. So, so for people to be like, ah, these looters, these rioters, ah, they're just, you know, being so disrespectful and I can't believe that they're just burning down everything and da da da. And it's like, well, you can rebuild a city. You can rebuild a building. You can, you can get that item back that was, you know, destroyed. You cannot get a person's life back. Once they're dead, they're dead. That's it. So like for them to be upset. Yeah, I, I have I absolutely like uh, under, I like understand how they can be upset because as a woman, when people don't listen to me or when they don't take me seriously, I get super pissed off. But then I'm the crazy girl who who like can't control her emotions, you know, and nobody nobody wants to hear that. And like, I mean, I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's the same thing because it's not. But like. I can understand how they could get to that point because I get super frustrated just not being heard like normally <laughs> in like an, did you in a watch, conversation. Did you watch John Oliver this week? So at the end of the, the he ends the show by showing the clip of this, um, this woman who was in Minneapolis and her point is, and it's, it's really, really good to watch if you have, she says, you know, we were given, you know, you, 
we created a social contract that said we were all created equal, that the, the United States mm-hmm. would uh, treat us all equal. And you, that contract has been broken towards black people for the last however many years. It's never been fixed. So who the fuck cares if I, if I burn down your fucking target because mm-hmm. you, you didn't afford me the rights that I was supposed to have. You broke the contract first. You did it. You really... You, you, you are the problem. You, so, so why are you mad? Cause you don't have a target anymore when I can't even walk down the road without even being, being worried about being killed or attacked or whatever. You broke the social contract. So it, who the fuck cares if I burned on your target? Right. You know, I, I just, I don't have a problem with the, the violent protests and the, you know, really, it, cause I feel like it makes a, difference in the impact if people peacefully walk through the streets which they've been doing for the past 10 years you know or kneeling or doing all these peaceful protests protests it has not sparked interest it hasn't gotten people's attention but taking a confederate war statue beheading him and tossing him in a pond makes national news and yet may upset some people but you know that that should have been done a long time ago right so it's it's this jarring impact that needs to be had that needs to be out there to really affect change and you know they're saying reform the police do all these different things and you know why can't why can't you guys stop burning stuff down why can't people stop being so obnoxious and out there and why being can't so violent stop but- killing black people Correct. And that's where I, that's where I'm at. Like you at, you say that I'm going to say, why can't the police stop killing black people? Because another black person was killed on Friday by the police. He was drunk and he was sleeping in his car at Wendy's. He wasn't driving. He was just parked in the Wendy's parking lot and he was sleeping. The police like yanked him out of the car. He took off and was running and then they shot him to death. No reason. Mm-hmm. No real reason. Nope. And the Atlanta police chief resigned. And then, um, Last night there were they burned the Wendy's to the ground. What I especially hate about this, you know, all the like right wing people are going to be like, you don't know the full story. See, look at the details. He stole the taser. What's the cop supposed to do? Blah 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 blah. And like like I like I said in the chat, it's like don't go back and ask the fundamental question of like why are they harassing this guy who's asleep in his car in a Wendy's parking lot? Like, yeah what what is he doing? What is he doing that is so bad? That he needed to be treated like that and then murdered. You know? If, and if the, he was drunk enough to be sleeping it off, I have, I mean, I've been around a lot of drunk people and yeah, they can get violent. But if you are a trained police officer, you should be able to non-lethally wrestle them to the ground and handcuff them if you really felt you needed to. I mean, I've seen people at college parties non-lethally restrain a drunken asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you don't need a police officer to do that. Right. Yeah. You just well, and, and that's a, who is less drunk. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about police breaking up college frat parties where there's tons of drunk people, mm-hmm. how many running drunk white college students get shot in the back by police officers because they were escaping a party? Zero. Zero. Let's jump, let's jump back to protesting for a second. Cause let's talk about what Go happened back. a couple weeks before with the COVID protests. Those were predominantly white people walking either into the Capitol buildings or through the streets 
or standing on corners or whatever, whatever they were doing with riot gear on, like their, mm-hmm. their own militia gear with long mm-hmm. guns or any type of gun and standing automatic there. Automatic weapons. Automatic weapons, yeah. Anything you can think of, white-ass people are walking all over the place with fucking guns and they can get they away. they needed a haircut. Because they needed a fucking haircut, yes. And they can walk into the Capitol building and, and be with their guns yelling at whoever was there without masks on, without any sort of social distancing. And how many people got arrested from that protest or those protests? Zero. How many people died from those protests that were caused by the police? Zero. Why is that different than what is happening right now? What's different? Did you see the picture of the, um, I want to say it was like San Diego or Santa Monica, something like that. It's somewhere in Southern California. Um, there were two protest photos from aerial, the aerial view. One mm-hmm. was the COVID-19 protest. The other one was Black Lives Matter protest. And you see the COVID-19, it was just a bunch of white people like on the corners like protesting. The other one, mm-hmm. it was cops surrounding the group of people. Mm-hmm. And it's the same amount of people. That's the crazy part. It's the same amount of people. And they're treated completely differently from each other. Well, What's if I go the back real to the, difference? The news, the Lansing news around April, when was this? April 15th when they started protesting. Um, you know, there was one arrest made at the Capitol protest where they ooh, where they um they had the mo- the armed guards and or i mean the all their automatic weapons and you know were protesting because they needed a haircut and they didn't even hand out tickets they were like this is their right to assemble they can come here and say we need a fucking haircut um you know but they arrested one person and that yet, was it. they can they can go they can go and jam up the all of the streets of the capital and block the entrances to hospitals. And that's totally fine for them to do that. But a, a walk through the streets that, you know, like it just, it's just so, it's just so hypocritical. It's so hypocritical yeah. that we can say it's okay for these groups of people to say this kind of stuff and to do this kind of stuff, but it's not okay for them because of the color of their skin. It really, it just kills me. It kills me. And then people just don't even see the difference in some cases. Like, I'd say if you fast forward to June. Second or third, June third here in this Lansing police uh, Lansing news article, they arrested twelve people. You know, okay, so it's not a huge jump, but they did arrest. Uh, they took it. They just started arresting people. So you can see there is a difference. Um, and they were surrounded by police in riot gear, and you know they handled it totally different. They pretty much the protests for the the haircuts. They just kind of left them alone. They let them go into the Capitol building. I mean, with if, their guns, if, with, with their, their guns. guns. If black people had done that with the, with guns and gone into the Capitol Capitol building, it comes down to. I mean, there's a bunch of studies about this, and part of what the Thirteenth talks about is how there's like a cultural mythology created around like the scary black man. And like there are studies that show, you know, when people ask, like, uh, they they perceive black men to be more threatening in general. Both black and white people, men and women, they all just like feel like black men are scarier. And they even have, I think there was one study. I'll I'll see if I try to find it, but they like ask someone to identify a black man they saw, and like everyone commonly 
overestimated their like height and weight. Like they literally saw them as like this bigger, scarier thing. Remembering back like, Oh yeah, this guy, I don't know. He was like six, one, 240 pounds. And like, Oh, actually he was like five ten, one eighty. 180. Um, and what they, and then I was thinking about too, what they did in like, if in the media, when like Trayvon Martin got killed, you know, you saw like the right wing media posting like the most grown looking, like haggard looking photo you could. And then, you know, some like CNN or something you'd see, and he looks like a 17 year old kid. He looks like a child, but like, you know, they try to portray him as this. And then, yeah. And cops are like, or even George Zimmerman, like they think this person looks like a scary grown adult and it's like just a regular ass kid. But we like, they don't even like associate that. But there was a time when that was another thing I was going to say, when the black Panthers um, invaded the state Capitol in some state, um it was in 1967 and following that there was like all types of gun legislation so yeah history channel is an article the nra supported gun control when the black panthers had the weapons yeah and it talks about that you said it was california yeah it was in california and i I read a little bit about this and it's um the mulford act that was yes that's what it was yeah um yeah that that was passed shortly after um the the Black Panthers movement like really took full force in the Oakland area. Um, But the interesting thing about that movement is it started in in, oh, in Alabama, actually. Like if you really look at the the history of it. What movement? uh, The uh, Black Panthers movement. Yeah. 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 But I, I thought it was I was really interested in that, like that whole thing, like the first person where it started, why it started. Because it was just like there was this county in um, in Alabama, and it was predominantly black. And when they passed the um, the Thirteenth Amendment, um, the the people that lived in that county still weren't registering to vote because if they did go out and register, they would just disappear or be found magically with a noose around their neck, dead. Mm-hmm. Magically found with bullets in them, dead. Um, it's really, it's a really interesting history. As as a person in America, I think it's our right to educate ourselves on our history and what we've done and why we're here today. Because mm-hmm. we're here because of everything that we've done to this point. Th- this was intentional, you know. All of this was intentionally done to prevent an entire group from being the same as another. Well, and you know, even when the Thirteenth Amendment was passed, African Americans. Were- were only considered three-fifths of a person. So they were not considered... Like, if they did go vote, their vote only... It didn't count as a full vote. Insane. That, that is a good point, Nancy, about um, it being intentional, which is what a lot of people don't want to, like, realize or accept. This isn't just, like, we haven't dealt with, like, the aftermath of slavery. It's that, like, institutions in power have intentionally tried to benefit off of that community for their own reasons. It didn't get overturned for a long time. Three-fifths compromise. It's like, hey, can we be people? It's like, hey, we'll meet you halfway. And I honestly, we'll meet you a little more than halfway. We'll be, we'll do you solid. We'll give you three out of five. We'll meet you three-fifths mm-hmm. of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Like, it's just so fucked up. It's really fucked up. Did you see the, the country band Lady Antebellum change their name? Or drop the lady. Yep. 
Yep. Yeah, but then but there was already an African American singer named Lady A. So now they're getting backlash for that. Oh really? <laughs> Shit. Yeah, oh, they tried and then they failed. Um yeah, there's a lot of companies that are coming out. Um, like Joe and I used to be obsessed with uh Thug Kitchen. I didn't know who started it and I didn't know like it was just like eat some fucking vegetables they're good for you you know like they were just like very like it was really funny how they did everything but the word thug has a negative connotation towards black people and like these are two white guys that started the company uh, so they're like uh we got to reassess what we're gonna do here yeah. <laughs> so like i appreciate them coming forward and like now there should be the hugs self-aware yeah but um, but like then you have like companies that are just jumping on the bandwagon just so they can like be like, oh yeah, we support Black Lives Matter, but I'm gonna be anthropology and also be racial profiling uh people and, and then training the people that work on the floor to follow black people around and nickname them Nick. I'm looking this up. Now. About that? I'm looking it up now because I know you mentioned yeah. anthropology. Yeah. Yeah. Have a code word based on a customer's race or ethnicity. Oh my god. Yep, yep. So it's just it's really fucked up. And they're like, yeah, we support Black Lives Matter, but we're just gonna stalk you around the store because we're pretty sure you're gonna steal something. Yeah, man. That's just like, and the scary thing about all this is that like none of this is like new. It's just all coming to light <laughs> at right. the same time. I don't know if I mentioned this last week or actually we didn't do it, but last Friday night I watched I rewatched the Spike Lee movie Do the Right Thing. And it's, it was made in 1989, and it's about a kid getting choked out by the cops for, like, no reason. You know, it's like, it's not a new story. It's new to a lot of white America, but ask any, like, black person who grew up in the hood, and they probably have, like, probably 10-plus people they know who have died by the time they're, like, teenagers. How many right. friends do you have that died by the time you were in high school? Maybe, like, one? Someone in your middle school had, like, leukemia or something? You know, it's like... If you had dozens of friends who either died or went to jail or something, that's like, how do you assess I mean, the trauma? I mean, the of that. Yeah, I, I hear. I agree. I mean, for for me, if I'm looking just like me personally, um, there was one where it was like he was on a ski do ski do mm-hmm. jet, ski, okay. jet ski. Yeah, he was on a jet ski and it like stalled out and it was like the water was too cold. And so, like, he stayed on the jet ski and, like, the other people that were with him, like, swam to shore and, like, he ended up um, dying of hypothermia. Goddamn. So, like, huh. That's horrible. Like, none of that, none of that is anything like the police came to their house and, like, shot mm-hmm. up the whole family or this kid was arrested for running with mm-hmm. blood and yeah. was shot. You know, like, it's non- nothing like that. Like, all or even any other things. But, like that are associated with it. Like, yeah, there are freak accidents that happen, like a ski dude thing or something like that, or a car accident. But like none of the reasons that the people we know die had anything to do with the fact that they were white. Yeah. I was, so I was watching an interview with, um, I can't remember. God, I'm trying to look up her name. I can't remember what her name was, but she, she's, um, she's really funny and she's an act. She's an African-American actress and she was on one of the late shows and she was talking about when her, child was old enough to learn to drive and she has one of her best friends is white and their kids grew up at the same time and we're both teaching their kids how to drive but she had to have this extra conversation with her kid about this is how you have to act 
this is how you have to like to not be killed by the police. Like it wasn't just here's how you use a turn signal. Here's how do you, you know, here's how you pull into traffic. There was a whole other piece of it that she had to have that, you know, was really eye opening for her friend because she's like, yeah, this is a real problem. We can't just have a conversation about how to drive a car. It's a conversation about when you get pulled over, not if you get pulled over, when you get pulled over, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to act. It was, and it was, it was really sad for me to think about, you know, because Cameron will be 16 in a couple of years. And, you know, I can't imagine having to tell him, you know, to be in that position and have to tell him, okay, you need to be afraid if you're going to drive. You have a much more higher chance of being pulled over. You might get killed. You need to do all these different things to try and, like, de-escalate the situation, even if you weren't doing anything wrong. So I read this BuzzFeed article. It was like a hundred things white people can do to stop being so annoying. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. It was a vice article. A hundred ways white people can make life less frustrating for people of color. It's a good read. Just read it. <laughs> it there were a couple things there that were eye opening for me. Um, and I, I would call myself someone who has tried to keep myself as educated as possible to understand like how, I, my white privilege impacts other people. Oh, and you guys both went to a couple protests over the last couple of weeks. We have. Maybe yeah. Nancy and, and Pete a little bit. Talk a little bit about what your experience was being a, a, a white person at these protests. I, I'm still too COVID terrified to, you know, leave the house. The protest that I went to was really close to where I was living. Um, I, I didn't want to I read some things about how protesters have been treated. So I wanted to walk to the event. Um, there've been some issues where cops were like, yeah, go park here. And then they like tow everyone's car. Um, mm. anyway. Yeah. So nice. we walked over to the event. Um, and it was, it was actually like really awesome because everyone there was like so supportive. There were cars honking all over the place in support. And like, there was at one point there was this one guy who like went I don't know if all the lights were red at the same time, but he like got in the middle of the the intersection and like got on his, on his stomach, you know, and like, just to prove a point. And I thought that was like, it, to me, the visual was like amazing um, to, to say the least, but um, the crowd was, was pretty mixed as far as like who was there. Um, but as we, we started marching down the, the main street, um, I mean, the cops were blocking off the traffic, which was nice, but they weren't marching with us. So, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, Joe, Joe and I talked about this afterwards and he's like, I think the cops did a really good job. And I was like, I think they did okay. I mean, they were okay with like not arresting us <laughs> and like blocking the traffic, but they weren't there walking with us, which is what they should have been doing, you know? But, um, there was at one point where, um, the people that were leading the protest said, Hey, everyone who's white, get around the perimeter. Um, and all the black people get in the middle, um, just so you can protect us. And like the fact that like that has to be a thing, I think is like really sad. Um, but I like happily did it because like, I don't think I'm less likely to get tear gassed or like tased or something like that than they would. So I'm happy to do that to protect them, you know, but like, and like our, our protest was like pretty, like, it was like awesome. Like the, the vibe was really great. Um, like everyone was like really supportive. There were a couple people that were like definitely not in the right headspace. Um, mm. and like, I'm going to call them out because they were white people. 
So they were like really aggressive and like trying to start an issue with the cops. And like, I don't find that acceptable. Like, yeah, you, if you're really upset about what's going on, great. Don't intentionally try to start something like as a white person, we are the allies. We are there to support and to listen. We are not here to start shit. We are not here Mm -hmm. to, to make a statement in that way. We are here to say, Hey, these guys are being oppressed and we respect them and we want them to be treated equally. That's what we're here for. We're not here for anything else. We don't have like, we don't honestly, in most cases, like we don't need to speak. We just need to be there, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, it, it, I, it just, I got so frustrated with it because there's like one or two people that could incite a riot because they're just being assholes, you know? Like, right. I don't know. But like overall, the event was really great. And um, we had to jump off at one point because like I, I have very little experience with protests. So um, we like walked out there and we're like, it's fine. We just have ourselves, but we should have brought water and sunscreen and a hat and like (laughs) maybe some Uh. snacks, you know, like we didn't bring anything. So like I was at one point I was like, I'm really thirsty. We've been doing this for four and a half hours. So I need to get something to drink. But um but yeah, like there were, there were also people like walking around with like backpacks of water and snacks and stuff. And like, it was just, that was really cool to see that. But then I also was like, I don't know you, so I don't feel comfortable taking something from you and it's COVID. So like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was, it's, it's a very tough time right now to protest with what's going on for, with COVID. But, um, but like also at the same time, people are saying stuff like, oh, well, now the COVID cases are going to increase because of the Black Lives Matter protests. But like everyone keeps, again, forgetting about the COVID protests that happened weeks before when our cases were much higher, you know, and they're like, oh, the Black Lives Matter movement, that's going to be the reason why we have a spike again. Oh, but it's not the not the, the white people that were protesting without masks on, without social distancing. Those people aren't the reason why we're going to have a spike in cases. Really? Really, guys? Well, in the super southern states who opened way too early that are now seeing spikes in cases that, you know, it's, it's, if you look at the trend of the data right now, it's cases are starting to spike in like, like 19 states. A lot right. of them are ones that opened early. Uh, and, and you're not going to see an impact from the, the protests for another four to six weeks. So, you know, maybe it's going to have an impact because, it, you know, but it was important. It had to happen. And I and I feel like a lot of the leadership within the country step back and realize, yeah, we've got a pandemic pandemic going on, and okay, this isn't the safest time biologically to be protesting, but it has to happen. It's been too much, right. and you know, it it it's a conversation that had to happen, and and the COVID crisis really has exposed the divide between white America and people of color, specifically. African Americans or black people because they have been hardest hit by COVID. The more of their population is dying. Uh, you know, they're the frontline workers. They're the ones that are doing the, the jobs that nobody else wants to do. They're going to work every day. They're getting coronavirus. They're dying at higher rates. Right. And then this happened. Right. So, you know, it, it, even if the, you know, it, it's horrible to say that even if the COVID, the Black Lives Matter spikes co- coronavirus cases, those those protests needed to happen, regardless of what else was going on in the world. It's not the greatest time, but it, it needed to happen because it's been far too long. And we've been talking about police reform and all these different things for all these different years, and nothing has happened. 
change has not happened. And it feels like from watching from where I've been that there's a chance. There's a bigger chance than there ever was before. I think, you know, in the last 10 to 15 years, the change could actually happen out of this. But if we, if we, if we keep, if we protest for a couple of weeks and then go back to our normal lives and just say, Hey, we did that. We did our thing. We went out and we marched with them. I donated. Um, I did my thing and now I'm going to go back to, Hey, I'm going to go back to whatever white thing I'm doing and, you know, still be the same asshole I was before in general. Um, it's not going to change anything. They've got to keep this movement going. They've got to keep the momentum. And that momentum is, is what's going to help drive change. And unfortunately we have a pandemic coming along right behind, behind it, but we can't stop this movement for change because it's too important. I agree. And that's how I feel. So Pete, how was your bike ride yesterday? Your bike ride protest? So it was great. Um, it was really cool. There were like 200 people. And I mean, just to go directly to kind of what you asked about being like a white person who was there, I was definitely like immediately, I mean, it was apparent or it was like uh, something that I felt immediately recognized. Like, all right, I'm a white person at a black thing. All right. So I like acknowledge that. And one of the few things that I was like conscious of throughout the time, I mean, for better or for worse, like there was a lot of like beeping and like putting up the black power fist. And I was like, I don't really know if I should be putting up the black power fist. Let me just do a wave or something. Little things like that. To even something I was conscious of, like when I would see, like they had a couple of videographers and photographers who were like part of the event, plus like people on the streets. And these are not like rules that I like read anywhere really. So I, I didn't even know if I was on the wrong or right side of this, but I was like trying to not be like in the, front when there's videos and like photos being taken um and kind of let black people sort of fill the frame um and it just wanted to kind of like be a body it was really cool to see all the support from people like you know we had a police escort or whatever so you know the road was shut down but when there was cars that drove past us on the other side of the road or people on the sidewalks like jogging or standing on their stoop or whatever Outside, you know, everyone was clapping and cheering and beeping their horns and people were supportive. So I mean, I, I feel like I kind of got a, a good understanding of why protests like that are important or even just like gatherings like that. I mean, I think it's important you send a signal to the community that like we as a community and all these people are, you know, stand on one side of this issue and we'll, we make it clear to the people in the community that that's, that's what we're about. And it was cool to see, you know, and, and in the area where we are, it was sort of like the beginning of the trip was like uh, a mostly white neighborhood in town. And then as we got further along, it turned into like a mostly black neighborhood. And it was just, I mean, I felt like, you know, you saw plenty of support on both sides of that. And you just got this impression that like, I don't know, people just look, look really happy to see, especially like young people out there kind of being active and doing stuff. So it felt like it was appreciated by the community. It felt like it was, you know, empowering for the people who were there. And as a white person there, I mean, I felt good and grateful to be a part of it, but definitely sort of was conscious of trying to play the background a bit. But, but I never once felt like unwelcomed or anything. It was also weird, like in a big gathering in the times of COVID, like I went by myself and like, I didn't really interact with anyone. Cause it's like, 
it's just weird, you know. I don't know. Like yeah. it feels weird going up to a stranger right now and be like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" You know, people aren't shaking hands. I don't want to talk right. in someone's face. Like, so I was like, "Whatever." There's too many weird considerations right now about interactions. So I'm just gonna chill by myself. I have my headphones. You know, I'm part of the crew. I'm cheering when I got to and whatever, whatever. So you know, but everyone was everyone was cool and nice, and you know, there were bike mechanics there helping people if they had issues, and it was it was cool. Super well organized and like the crowd was really good people were really supportive it was great i know y'all were talking about you know is this going to cause a spike in covid and you've been seeing a lot of, a lot of that from right wingers like oh like everyone wanted to be locked down and now they're out here doing this and like blah, blah 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 and um i've seen people on the left say you know don't let the right wing media and people like that convince you that the protests like led to a spike and ignore the fact that a lot of cases are kind of come from police, like cramming groups of people into vans and like into cells, right. like all the like gathering and stuff they've been doing of protesters is probably more likely to cause infections and spread than just a bunch of people standing around with masks the, shouting. The lack of urgency on the government side and the lack of funding from the government side is what's causing the cases to increase and the lack of respect that people are getting from the government. Those are the reasons why COVID would increase, not from the protests. We're not like, it's not like we were there like licking each other, you know, like <laughs> people right. were standing a reasonable distance from each other, you know? Well, the beginning of the protest when the national guard was like corralling people, cases spiked in the national guard. Um, you know, a lot of people tested positive in the National Guard within like a week or so. Anywho, Sam, do you have anything else? I think education for white people and staying, staying on the fringe, but still starting to be more vocal and calling people out. Because for too long, we've been, oh, yeah, that makes me uncomfortable. Kind of to your point about, you know, watching documentaries and things that, that make you uncomfortable. We need to make ourselves uncomfortable now. So, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's all of us not just the authorities. It's all of us who don't say something when a coworker, a friend, uh, you know, somebody near us posts and or says some sort of, even if it's a microaggression, not just a blatant racist, racist remark, you know, if we're, if we're just letting it go, we're being complicit. So we I need agree. to, we need to, first of all, shut up and not say that we, we know this experience and that white just because we grew up and we had a bad childhood, we were poor, we were beaten, we were whatever. It doesn't matter. It, to me, you can't say that all lives matter or any of those things because none of the bad things that happened to you happened to you because of the color of your skin if you were white. It's the, the think, thing that frustrates me when people say all lives matter is that they're they're like, well, all lives matter. But then you see these black people are dying, but you don't care about them. They're not all lives. Right. It's just all white lives matter. You know, right. Anything that relates to you matters. You not all white lives, that. not like white women's lives or gay right. people's lives or trans right. people's lives. Right. It's white heterosexual men's lives that maybe work in the police force matter. You know, you can't say that because you're not really, you don't really believe it. Right. All lives matter. You should be just as upset about what's going on. That's the end of the story. Yes. Yes. And, and it drives me insane to see that. And But also, we need to be 
we need to start stepping up as a white community, as the ones who have been complicit in all the oppression for all these years and saying something, pointing it out, you know, making sure that, you know, raising the level of uncomfortableness. That's yeah. what we can do and helping share the message of the, the people of color who, who can speak to this topic. You know, if, if you know of a documentary or something that was done by somebody in the community who can say, you know, this is, here's an example of how we feel. Share it. Tell people to watch it. Talk about it. As white people, we can't just continue to be like, oh, yeah, I heard about that death on the news. That was really sad. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it was really sad what happened to Trayvon Martin. And then move on with my life and, you know, go do whatever it is I'm doing. I have to step back and say, what can I do to help with that? Right. How how can I change? How How can I change? Because African-Americans have been screaming at the top of their lungs for 400 years. Yeah, so... I, I completely 100% agree. We need as white people to use our privilege to help move the needle. And whatever that is, whether it's supporting at a protest, if we have funding to support these different movements that are out there right now, because there's a lot of different local and na- nationwide um, movements that are out there, um, whether it's just speaking about it. But if you're silent, like I, I think it's, it's a great phrase. If silence is violence. So if you aren't saying something, then you agree with what's going on. So just saying anything to the people that are, that are around you is going to move the needle. And that's, that's what we need to do because, so at the end of the day, we, we, as the three of us could literally not do anything and it would never impact us ever. Right. Our lives wouldn't change Mm -hmm. because of it, but are you okay with that? Like, are you okay with seeing like half of the American population being, being treated like that? Like, are you okay with that at the end of the day? Cause if you are, then I don't, I don't know how you can call yourself an American at the, because like everyone should be free. Everyone should be treated equally. And sometimes that e- equality has to come with equity, you know? And like, if you don't see that and you don't realize that you're you are at a different level than other people are treated like being treated how like you are just given things when compared to different societies like just see that be a, be self-aware of who you are and what you what like what you benefit from it you know and then share that with your fellow white people <laughs> mm-hmm. if you don't say something you're compliant or complicit. You're complicit. And that's today that's unacceptable. That's where I stand. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I yeah. don't have anything else. I saw um something interesting that I've been seeing on uh, the internet. Carrie Washington said something about we should in schools teach kids about the history of black people prior to slavery in America. So I feel like that's kind of the first introduction. It's like Oh yeah, like you think black people's history started like when we made them slaves, um, and we don't really talk about a rich history, cultural history that they had prior to that. Which I mean, I think would go a long way toward a like you know humanizing black people more in the in the eyes of young kids as we're teaching this. And I mean, it just tells tells the whole picture. I mean, we tell about we tell stories about Europeans, you know, prior to coming to America. Why not Africans? I agree. 
this whole thing makes me sad and upset and it's hard to deal with because you know you've got to face some really hard truths internally to make sure that you are educating yourself and you have to be uncomfortable um and it just being a very compassionate person it makes me feel for the communities that have been so devastated by our just entire culture that has not been there for them and we've pretended like we has and i think that's sad and terrible but now's the time to do something about it right so white people educate yourselves <laughs> vote go out and vote <laughs> oh my god vote go vote, out and please. vote everyone vote actually think about who you're voting for and how they're going to better support the full community not who directly impacts you it matters Correct. don't just don't just vote in um national elections take a look at when your local elections are because those are the ones that are deciding policies and procedures for your local police departments, for your local right. areas. Vote in local and state elections because those turned out turn out to be more important um, you know, for your immediate vicinity than the national election. Agreed. Um, so vote. Vote in local elections, which is something I can say I'm guilty of not doing. I'm like, I, I need to change that attitude and I need to vote for everything I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one last thing I will say is um, the gentleman that's been at the head of most of the protests in Connecticut um, since since everything started, um, he, he calls like himself Justin for CT. Look him up. Learn about him. He's been pretty vocal about everything that's going on. He was at the front of the march um, with a speaker uh, speakerphone thing. Um, he is very passionate about what's going on, and I feel like people like him we need to support. Um, as much as we can. So look him up guys. Anyway. So if you would like to reach out to us and you have questions about what's going on, um, probably are not the right people to talk to, but we could probably point you in a direction. You can email us at randomwomenstuff at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at randomwomenstuff and on Twitter at randomwomenpod. And please share us with all of your friends. You can find us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. You stay sassy. And thanks for stopping in.